Welcome to Tucumcari First Assembly's podcast. Now open your hearts to be changed by the Word of God. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to church. It's good to see you again on this Sunday morning. I wish we could be together. Hopefully, we'll be together soon. We're praying for you all and wishing um, that things will go back to sort of normal at some point. But we're going to stick this out, and we're loving what God's doing. Thank you so much for joining us and being part of us the online experience every week. We're going to jump back into the series that we began a few weeks ago, talking about the promises of God and how that God's promises for us, He all through Scripture, He promises us things, right? And and, and the the bulk of the Scripture that we're really looking at is found in in, uh, Exodus chapter 6, where God is talking to the Israelites and they're stuck in Egypt they're trying to get out of Egypt and he, he brings this out and there's four I will statements that the, that the Jewish believers that they follow, they follow, they, they talk about this, they read this every Passover celebration or the Passover feast that's, that's going on. And so we see here again that God has a plan and the purpose that he has. He's got a purpose for every one of us. And this series is intended to really to help identify where we are and to keep us moving along. Because one thing I know is is true, if you get stuck, you're stuck, right? You're going to be there for a long time. So because everyone I know wants to live a better life than normally we're living, God has a plan for us. He has things in store for us and promises that he's given. He gives four promises in the book of Exodus chapter 6. Verses six and seven, he says this, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord and I will, that's the first one, I will bring you out. This right here is about God bringing salvation to them. They're stuck in Egypt. God's trying to get them out of Egypt and to his, his self. He wants to be with his people and bring them to, to, to the nation of Israel because God, God's promise here is all about grace. I want you to understand that's the heart of God. He's a gracious God. He provides a way of escape. He is he, not worried right here about I'm going to change them and they've got to stop doing all these things. Nope, it's nothing like that. He's, he's just ready for them to be out of the slavery that they're stuck in. It says, he says here, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. So this is the second promise where we're talking about. And in and, and th- and this one, it's, it's this. He, he wants you now to start doing some things, okay? The first one's all about what Jesus did, right, on the cross. We celebrate that at Easter, Passover time. We celebrate that. But this is about spiritual discipline starting to become part of what our life looks like, right? Us doing some things. He says, he, said, he goes on to say, I will free you from being slaves to them, and then I will redeem you, okay? I will what? I'll bring you out. I will free you, what we talked about last week, and then I will redeem you. This is the promise of of freedom, ultimate freedom. It's where he gets us out and now he's going to tell us how he's going to do it. He says this, with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment, I will take you as my own people. So this is the redemption story beginning to unfold. And you don't want to miss this. He says, I will, fourth fourth one, I will then be your God. I will be your God and, and you will know that I'm the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. 
So his, his desire is always to bring us to himself. God is a great father that wants to spend time with us as his children. Now, one of my passions is to get people to see what Christianity is all about. Because if they knew him, here's what I believe, if they knew what it was all about, if they knew what God had to offer to us, no one would say no to him. No one would turn down the gift that God is to us, right? Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full. He wants to give us an incredible full life. So let's look back at this scripture. Exodus chapter six, verse six. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Redeem literally means to buy back or to repurchase. Notice it's not purchase, but it's, it's repurchase. So all of us are made by God. And then the Bible says that we all went our own way. We ended up being owned led by something or someone else. And we usually, we end up in a life that is less than we would design for ourselves. And so God goes to that place. So the scripture says he repurchases us. He buys you back again. Imagine after all the things that you've done and God still wants to buy, he still wants to be, that's a good father, right? That's a good, some of you, your kids do something. You're like, you want to send them to grandma's. <laughs> but at some point, your heart gets a little warm and fuzzy. You want them back again. That's God's heart, right? Number two, to change you for the better or to reform your life. And the way I want you to see this definition is this. Too many of us have got our goals way too low, right? We're just kind of skating through life, dealing with average, right? I believe it's a sin to chase average. I think we're called to be better you know, above average to go beyond average, because here's one thing I know about average. If you're average, you're less than average half the time. <laughs> so we got to be better than that. Most people's goal is, is this just to not have any bad going on in their life. I'm just telling you, you can be better than that. Don't just get the bad to stop so that you feel better about. No, be better than that. I want you to know you, you don't have to settle there. You can go beyond it. And the third definition is this, to repair or to restore, to repair or restore. So think about an old classic car. My son, Dylan, who will be, he'll have his driver's license in a couple years. Maybe a year and a half, okay? Close to two years. But his his desire is is to, to have a classic car and for us to restore it. But I want you to think about an old classic car stuck out in a field, right? The windows are broken. The, 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 the interior is all messed up. Looks like the car you drove to college, right? Ketchup smeared in the floor and, uh, you know, a taco somewhere in there or half of one. You don't know where the other half went, but you find <laughs> anyway. But I want you to imagine my son, he's, what, you know what he wants? His desire is a 68 or 69 Camaro SS. So if you got one out there, we'll take it. Thank you very much. No, I'm just, we, we are looking for one, but he wants to restore. Why? And this, is, this teaches him something, right? This will be a lot of fun too. But here's one thing that I think it teaches us. God, God, what God wants to do, he wants to take us back to our original intent. The original intent that he had for us, that's the heart of God for every single one of us. I want you to see it. I want you to understand it. So an important question to ask here is this. Then why do so few people chase after or seek after or work for redemption. What's the problem? 
What's the problem? The answer to that question is found in the promise itself. Exodus 6. Again, let's read it again. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. So why does God have an outstretched arm, right? It's because most of us, most of us are living in a much lower place than God sees us. Most of us don't see ourselves as God sees us. And when he created us, he had, a, he had something in store for us, but yet we don't see ourselves in that way. Here's the problem. We view ourselves with an inferiority complex, right? Through the lens of inferiority. We don't see the greatness that God sees in us. This idea that is beneath the surface when people say, I'm just a horrible person, right? Right? Well, that was probably true. If, if you're not walking with God, that's pretty much the case. But listen, true until you walk with God. And then there should be a change that happens in your life. See, God doesn't view you that way any longer. And he doesn't want to, you to maintain that view of yourself either. Psalm chapter 18, verse 35 says this, you stoop down to make me great. That God in his, in his love and his mercy for us, that he comes alongside, brings us and pulls us up. I just love that imagery. This is, he sees greatness in you that you don't see in yourself. You know, as parents, we see this in our kids a lot. Um, I'm telling you that a lot of us battle these things, right? We battle these things. I've battled insecurity all my life, right? Most of us would, most of you would never know. But when I was in college, there was no way I would get in front of anybody to speak. No possible way. And, and, and look what God has done. Look what God's doing. He, he allows me to do this and I love it. I absolutely love it. I wish you were here and I wasn't talking to a camera, but it would be but I, I love doing, I love leading. I love helping people. I love speaking to people out of a heart of love and compassion that God has for them. Because God, God saw in me something I didn't see in myself. Okay. And often I still don't, but here we are, right? I didn't think that I could get it right. Sometimes I don't, but I still have to put my trust in him. So how, how often do you do how, how often do you do life with the, with the shame of the past? We've got to answer that question. We still see ourselves in the rearview mirror sometimes, right? Not what God wants to do in us, but what's happened to us in the past. This is why so many people uh, who were abused end up being abusers themselves, right? It plagues us as a, as a culture. As a, and and, and John, John said this in his in his. In his epistle, John chapter 3, verse 17, it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. That's why Jesus came. So think of condemnation as being a big mess that there's no way out of. That's what condemnation is. That's what it, that's what it allows us to think about and imagine that that's where we are. But, but God doesn't bring condemnation on us. He brings conviction. God says, you're a mess and here's the way out, right? Just like a parent will say, you shouldn't have done that, but let's work on it and fix it so you don't do it again. Con condemnation is there's no way out, but conviction 
God provides a way out for us. Listen, I want you to understand your enemy, he doesn't want you to ever see a way out. Never. And all of a sudden there's this urge in us, okay, to grow closer to God and to worship him. And then, and then what happens? The devil comes along and he says, you remember what you did last week. You remember that you still have this issue in your life. And he, he just keeps you inferior. He keeps you pressed down. He keeps you seeing yourself different than God sees you. Well, how does God see us? What is, what is that about? What is how, the lens that God's looking through? What does that look like? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says this, For we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. He wants good things to happen through our lives. We're ma- we're a, you're a masterpiece, right? And God sees something in you you don't see. Maybe other people don't see. You know what my guess is? There's a lot of people in your life that see that masterpiece. Sometimes we're the hardest ones to convince. It's us, ourselves, right? That's why it's so important to treat people not the way we see them, but the way God sees them. Listen, honor is not our view of people. Honor begins with God's view of people. And God sees you as a masterpiece that he's created, brand new in Christ Jesus. God has some of the things, some of the things that he has for you to do. They can never happen until you start to see yourself the way he sees you that he's redeemed your life this is with an arm that's going to pull you up and, and and say listen you're not a slave any longer you're, you're you're not worthless i see greatness in you i see you as an incredible father or wife i see you as an, an amazing student i see you i see someone who's a leader i see that when i look at you when i when i embrace that and so i i listen i know i know you failed god says but i've got greater things in store for you i know you've been down the rough road but he says he says he redeems us with mighty acts of judgment well who's he judging is he well, that's kind of a harsh word right Who's he judging? Who's, who's he doing that against? You? No, not at all. His, his mighty acts of judgment are reserved for the enemy of our soul, right? And that's because the devil also has a plan. He's got a plan too. Let's call his plan a diversion, okay? His plan is a diversion and all of us have diversions that happen in our life. That's part of the story that we're pretty sure God didn't plan, but we lived it out, right? It's in our history. It actually happened. Psalm 139 verse 16 says this, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And right now you're thinking about that thing. And you're right. That's a diversion. That thing you're thinking about, that thing your mind goes to. It's a diversion. Well, well, who was the author of that diversion? Can I tell you? It wasn't God, right? It's Satan himself. And that's why God says, he says, I've got to judge the devil. I've got to cancel his plan off of your life. In order for you to be redeemed by God, God wants to do that. He's going to do that. 
and for something, something painful happened and it caused you to go off track, God can redeem it, right? God can redeem it. For some success, often, some, often success brings diversions, diversions in our life. We get focused on careers. I can't tell you how many people that I know that have said to me, listen, I, man, I should have, I should have done something different with my life. I felt God really leading me to do this or to do that. But yet, I felt like I needed to do this. I needed to go to college and go into this area of of business or whatever it is. And all of a sudden, they feel trapped that they can't do what God's called them to do because they did what everyone else expected of them to do and all the investment that they'd put in that thing. And, And I'm just telling you, don't waste your life, right? Don't waste your life. Step into what God wants you to do. And God's always providing a way of escape for us into the callings that he has for us. Let me, let me show you. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18 says, We wanted very much to come to you. And I, Paul, Paul's writing, right, to this church. He says, I tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. What was going on? Diversions. That's what's taking place here. So check this out. Here's what Satan does. Because you're a believer... He cannot touch you, okay? You belong to Christ Jesus, but he can touch and affect the path that we're on, okay? And one definition, it says he cuts a ditch in your road. So God's got a plan, and then suddenly you're walking out that plan, and suddenly there's a ditch in that road, and we don't know what to do about it. So what happens? Instead of conquering that thing, often we just take a different path right? And for many of us, that's the diversion tactic that the enemy has used to get us off the plan that God has for our lives. Well, what do I do about it? Okay. You're like, Pastor Derek, I've taken one. What do I do? Romans chapter eight, verse 28 says this, and we know incredible scripture that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose he has for them. Now it's hard for us to see the moment that we're in right now, hard for us to see that this is a moment that God's, but God's going to use it. God's opening doors for the gospel message to go around the world right now in an incredible way. Okay. Uh, let me tell you a story. A few years ago, Gail and I, we were, we, we were newly married and we, we went with her mom and dad to see her sister and brother-in-law's family in Pennsylvania. And we were driving, we weren't flying, we drove. And we, we went to, we went through Indianapolis, Indiana. And while we were in Indianapolis, we, we took a, a detour. We were looking for something to eat and we, we kind of got lost, right? And we we're trying to find our way back. Now I want you to understand something. This was before GPS. <laughs> okay. This is a few years back. This is before cell phones in our pocket. In fact, we had a cell phone with us, but it was in a bag, right? <laughs> Who remembers the bag phone? But this, this phone, we, we couldn't get out. We, could, we tried, we couldn't find anything. So we pull up at this, this gas station and this gentleman walks out and we say, hey, we're looking for this certain highway. We need to get back to where we're headed. And the guy, clear as day, looks at us and says this. He says, well, I'm sorry, but you can't get there from here. <laughs> like, what in the world? Are we at the nexus of the universe or what's going on? You, what do you mean we can't get, you can't, 
We can't get there from here. That's crazy, right? We got here from there. We need to get back there. And so get us from here to there. Anyhow, he could not do it, but we found our way back and enjoyed the journey. But hear me today. Listen, God can, can take any path that you've taken and turn it around. You, I want you to know that any path you've chosen, God can turn that around. I know you didn't have to take the route that you did. I realize that. I know you, you, you went down some areas of life. You, you chose some avenues to go down that you didn't have to go. But I'm just, I want to reassure you, whatever path you chose, God can redeem even that thing. And he has a great thing in store for you, a great life. It says, to those who love him and are called according to the purpose that he has for them. You say, are you sure? Man, I've gone down a rough road. Are you sure? Here's another passage of scripture. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. God's gifts and call are under full warranty. Never canceled, never rescinded. Never canceled. Please, please pay attention when I say this to you. God has never changed his mind about you. He loves you and regardless of what you've done, he cares deeply, immensely about your life. Every little detail of your life, God cares. And, and God's not done with you. He's, he can always fulfill the plan that he had in store for you. You might say, well, how, how's he going to do that? Let's talk about it. What does it look like to live a life, right, of redemption, to be redeemed, to be changed? What does it look like? Romans chapter 12 Verse six says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. So in the Greek, okay, the, the language that the New Testament's written in, in that the word grace is, is the word charis. It's translated this divine enablement. And we've all been given a grace gift, a divine enablement, like preaching for me. It's a grace gift, okay? Something I love, something I'm, I enjoy doing in my life. I've got a grace to do it. And for some of you, if I were to give you the microphone or ask you to be this morning in front of the camera, right? It would, it would totally wig you out. But I've got a grace to do it. We have other people in the church who have a, a grace gift for teaching children, Right? We've got a lot of teachers in our community as well. A grace gift for teaching kids. Some others don't have that. And we honor people who serve in that way, right? The kids' areas of the church. We honor you that serve in those areas. Because for some of you, <laughs> some of you out there, if we were to ask you to serve in kids' area, okay, in, in the kids' church or tiny tots or the nursery or whatever, you might duct tape a kid to the to the chair, right? Don't don't do that. We'll find a different spot for you to serve, okay? Uh, um, so so we just we just have to know where we're gifted and work within that. How many of you have a, a grace gift for your kids, but you don't have a grace gift for anybody else's, right? I know that a lot of parents, they're, they're real lenient on their own, but no one else. Sure, that, that happens. What is that? That's grace. Because, because of that, some of you, you have a, a desire, an amazing desire to do all sorts of things. Help the poor, lead others, um, other people, you have a desire to, to play music, to, to lead in business, whatever it is in your, God did that. Okay. I want you to understand 
God did that. And because he wants you to, to, to drink from the purpose he's created for you, God placed those things in your life. So what do we do about it? How do we live that out? 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And that's what as a church, we want to help you do. That's what we help you do. See, it's the most amazing thing to see people go from, hey, pastor, help me with this week's issue, right? That they can't get past. They're kind of stuck. And, and listen, I love praying and helping people. I love pe- helping people move through those things in their life and learn and grow. But it's, it's amazing to watch the transition from help me get over this issue to Listen, I know God has a better plan for my life and I'm going to start living it out. It's incredible. Listen, I want you to understand something. God wants the blinders to come off and for you to know that God's, why God's got you here, why God's got you on this planet doing what you're doing, okay? And for you to know that I'm, I'm a part of something that's making a big difference in the earth. I'm, I want to live that out. And when you do... When you find out why you're here, completely changes life. It is amazing and it feels so fulfilling, right? We're going to talk about fulfillment next week. So, so how do we do this? How do we, how do we get to that place? Okay, a few things. Taking notes, write these down. Discover your gifts. You need to discover the gifts that God has placed in you. Where do I start? Well, here it is. Somewhere in your design, God designed you. Somewhere in your design reveals the destiny of your life. It's true. God had something for you to do. And then he created you. He made you to accomplish that thing. So he had in mind what you were to do. Then he made you with the ability to do that thing, which means your design is going to reveal some things about you. Psalm 139 verse 13 and 14 says this, you, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for, for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. David the, the author of this, of this psalm, right? He, he's embracing who he was. And I'm just telling you today, we need to do the same. We need to embrace who God has created us to be. Your design will reveal your destiny, which is why we're very intentional, okay? At first assembly to provide a way to get people together to discuss and discover their spiritual gifts. We literally designed this moment into the life of our church. And the key to all of this, listen to me, is God himself, because he's the creator of it all. Because if we, if we try to find out why we're made by any other way, listen, we'll, you'll never really fully know because God is the one who wrote the book on you. So we've got to go to him. Look what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter one, verse 11 and 12. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. He had designs on us 
for glorious living, and part of the overall purpose he's working out in everything in everyone. And then in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, for everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, everything got its start in him and finds its purpose in him. You can look on every other place on the planet and come up empty. But if you will look to God, you will find your purpose. Once you discover that purpose, we can begin to help you to do some things. First of all, we gotta de- you got to develop your gift, right? You got to develop that. And I have to develop it once I discover it. I got to discover my gifts, then I got to develop those things. It's a, it's, a, it's a spiritual discipline. It's like the disciplines of our life. It needs to be worked out. And by the way, that's the job of the church. The church is here to help you walk out your spiritual life. That's what we're about. And that's one reason God put you in our, in our path. That's why, one reason why you're listening today is that God had this in mind for you. Here, here's my job description, okay? As a pastor, here it is. Ephesians chapter four, verse seven, and then verses 11 and 12. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to do what? To do all the ministry? No. To go to all the hospitals and preach all the funerals, to marry all the people? No. It's our job to do what? What is, what is my job? It is to do this, to equip the people, God's people for works of service. That's literally the job description I have in scripture. My job is not to create a church experience so that needs get met. Needs getting met's wonderful. Not my job, right? No, we're to create, listen, a dynamic environment where we can embrace, where you as a follower of Christ can embrace a process of growth. So you can fulfill literally all that God has for you. So we do something every six weeks in our church called Discover, okay? It's an it's a intentional moment where we get people together. To, to, we do this. It actually happens in my office during a Sunday service. We think of it so much, we ask you to go to that instead of coming to service, okay? Every six weeks, we want to invite you on a journey to, to help you get strong in your faith and to find an area of ministry in which to serve in the church. Another really fun thing that we do in Discover is that we give you a personality profile assessment so that we look at that. How how are you created? How are you put together? And also a spiritual gifts assessment because people will never get it right by default. Remember, our design reveals our destiny, okay? Default living is not the way to go. We need to be intentional about how we and what we step into. So we call that around here, we call it ministry. Because here's one thing I know. I've been at this a long time now. One thing I know is this. A lot of people come to faith in Christ. That's incredible. We love that. When people give their heart to Jesus, it changes everything. But here's what else I know. If they don't get involved in ministry, they don't live for Jesus very long. 
because they're not doing what God's called them to do. They're not engaging or going on that spiritual journey that God has for us that really changes who we are down deep. So we, we, we call it ministry and we help plug you in to the ministry of the church. According to what? According to your gifts, according to the giftings that you find out. But it's critical for you to have a plan of progress. I want you to understand this. If you don't track progress, I can almost guarantee progress isn't what's happening, right? Because the ultimate way to live is to use the gifts that God has given you. You've never really experienced life until you found out why God puts you on this planet, why he created you, and, and begin using the, the, that in a way that makes a difference in the world. The most fulfilled people that I know, the most fulfilled people I've ever been around in my life are those people who are, listen, serving other people, not just in helps, but serving other people through a process that is of spiritual growth that they know without a doubt, this is why God place them here, right? And it's been, it's been exaggerated during this COVID-19 pandemic that we're all in. Most people are, aren't making a difference in their lives. A lot of people just simply go through life not making much of a difference in their world. And listen, but I want you to understand that doesn't have to be you. You can go to bed every night knowing that you had a, had a part to play in making a difference and I'm not talking about some secular salvation here. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about making a marked difference for the cause of the kingdom of God in the lives of people around you. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this, God has given gifts to each of you from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Manage them well so God's generosity can flow through you. And here's what I want to do right now. I want to honor the close to 100, nearly 100 people at Tucumcari First Assembly alone are involved in ministry in a month's time around the church, doing all sorts of things, right? They change diapers, they serve meals, they, they make phone calls, they hold babies, they, they teach kids, they, they give up parts of their life with their own family to serve teenagers and be mentors and care about them to speak into their lives. They use the, their gifts to play music, right? And sing. They do all these things. Look what scripture says about it. Hebrews chapter six, verse 10. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. So I want you to know God pays attention when we serve and we, we minister to those around us. God considers it the ultimate expression, I believe, of worship. Listen, he loves to hear you pray to him and engage him in that dialogue. He loves when you read scripture, but I believe that he seriously loves it when you're just in ministry, doing what he desires to happen throughout the, the embodiment of the church. When you're using your gifts, when you express his love to people on his behalf, the love of God to them. That's worship, everybody. It's worship. My purpose is to serve God, listen, by serving people. We serve him the best when we're serving others. That's your purpose. That's the purpose of the church. So that we can look other places, but I want you to understand, 
This is why God created you. So as I close this morning, I want, I want you to understand some of you, some of you have been one of those, those Christians who've been working it all out, right? You're, you're working it out. You're, you're striving to become free. Like we talked about last week, you're on the redemption track, right? To, to redeem the broken areas of your life. I love it. God wants to reach down and make you great. That's what we looked at today, right? And for every person who's, who's still listening to the lie of the devil in your ear, right? Saying, do you remember when? I know you still do this, or I know you still do that. I want want to pray for you this morning, that God would set you free to see the masterpiece that he's created you to be, because God loves you very much. In spite of those things going on in your life, in spite of some of them even still going on in your life, God loves you very much, and he has a plan for your life. So, Lord, I, th- I thank you for, for judging the devil's plan, right? You're j- judging the devil's and that you turned that bad around for my good, right? And God, you're going to get us back from wherever we've come back into a plan for you, your plan for our life. Some of you this morning, you need to give your life to Jesus. And the question is, simple question, are you close to him? Are you close to Jesus? See, salvation is simply about you uniting with God. Ephesians says this, it says, Jesus came to destroy the barrier between you and God and get you close again. So are you far from God? Are you far from him? Does he seem like a million miles away? Maybe you were close at one time, but there's all this stuff that's gotten in the way. God wants to bring you close again. That's salvation. It's a beautiful gift. And it's a gift of God that he gives to us. So if today you want to take a step, that step to be close to the one who literally wrote the book on your life, I'm going to ask you to do something. And this isn't normal for us, but the world we're in right now isn't normal, right? I'm going to ask you to respond by commenting below. Or just send us a simple emoji, right? Maybe the little emoji with the person with their hand up or a fist bump or whatever it may be, right? But anything to let us know that you've made a decision to follow Christ. And listen, if you're not comfortable with that, if you're not comfortable with letting it be known on this this open forum, right? We're going to pray right now. I'm going to pray for you. And I want, to, I want you to pray this prayer where you are. And, and then I want you to do this. Send us a private message after service, okay, after we conclude. And li- listen to me, I want you to understand this. The decision that you're making, listen, it isn't confirmed because you comment on the forum here, okay? It's not confirmed because you comment. It's not confirmed when you send us a message. It's confirmed because you consciously said yes to Jesus. You saying yes to Jesus is, is what makes it happen, right? Christ came, he lived, he died for us. He resurrected again. He's now, the Bible says, seated at the right hand of the Father, praying for us. He's literally praying for you. And in this moment right now, he wants you to follow him. He wants you to be close to him. So we would also, we'd be really honored, really, really honored to be a part of what comes after that, okay? And and we, we, we won't know unless you tell us. So we'd really like to hear from you. So be bold, make the decision, then let us know. 
So who will say, okay, here's your moment. Who, who will say, count me in, right? Count me in. So respond, hit that little, count me in. I want to follow Jesus, right? Hit, respond to us and we'll pray together. Can you pray with me? Jesus, today, I want you to save me. I am ready to live for you. Living my own on my own isn't getting me the life that I desire. And today, I'm ready to live completely for you. So forgive me of all this, the sin in my life. Forgive me of the choices I've made and be the Lord and Savior of my soul. Take me on the journey that you've prepared for me. I give you my life and I accept you as my Lord. And now, Lord, I ask you to allow me to live a life with other people in mind. That I, I don't want to be selfish any longer, but I'm going to live my life in pursuit of helping other people to serve them and care for them and to point them to you. Thank you for listening with us today. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash or join us for service Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m.